Waddle and Sylvie, Meller in for Sylvie this week. Interesting tweet here from Ross Tucker, something that you and I were discussing before the show. What if Lovey Smith thinks he's going to get fired anyway, so he disobeys the code red and wins the game on Sunday? Bonus for the Bears. I don't even think that's necessarily him disobeying. He has come What does he got to choose between... Uh, um, what is it? Where is two quarterbacks? Who's a kid from Stanford? That's Davis Mills. Davis Mills. I was going to call him Mills Davis. Davis Mills. My head is not working today or yesterday. Or <laughs> that's right. I think. You and know, who's the other guy? Who is the? Who was the guy uh, that played yeah. last week? Yeah. Well, oh god, the Texans. It doesn't matter. Jeff, Jeff Driscoll. Jeff no, Kyle Allen, or was it Kyle Allen? I think they've both. All three of them have played at times this year. Have started, but was Jeff Driscoll? He played a little bit. Um, uh, it was, it was and, Davis Mills that played. Oh, no, Jeff Driscoll. Jeff, well, Davis Mills was 22 Kyle of 40. Allen played a couple weeks ago. He got a yes. start. So, um, so whatever. They're whatever all, it is. They're all bad. Yeah, that's my point is is that may not even be consequential. Yeah, I don't even start. know if it, I think Davis Mills is probably gives you your, your best sh- shot at winning if you're yes. the Texans. Yeah. But Lovey Smith has already come out and said that uh, winning division games is important. He said that two weeks ago when they were getting set to take on the Jaguars. So it's, he's not. I mean, this is, this is he's not keeping that job. You wouldn't think so. I would not think so either. I mean, uh, cut uh, David Cutcliffe. No, David he's, Cully. Cully, David thank Cully. you. Yeah, I was getting David my Cutcliffe is the guy who used to coach Peyton Manning. Yeah, uh, and, and Eli Manning. Duke. I think his yeah. last stop was at Duke, wasn't it? Cutcliffe, so. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, Cully was, he got one year last year, right? And then was bounced. And then Lovey Smith has been the head coach this year, which was a weird selection. The, or- the organization over the last several years has yes. been a dumpster fire. Yes. yes. You know, that is a term that's used quite frequently. I think this time it is spot on. Yeah. So on a number of fronts. I think, I don't think he's necessarily disobeying the code red. I think Lovey Smith, that's just. His M.O. is to always go out and try and win. We saw that firsthand here in Chicago. Lovey Smith would always pad the stats with an extra win or two at the end of the season when the Bears were essentially eliminated from playoff contention. So I think he's probably going to go out and try and get the Texans fired up to win. I think that would be, I think that'd be outstanding. Because if the Texans win and the Bears lose, as expected, then we're eventually going to have the number one by we. I mean, the, the, the Chicago Bears. Bears I think the you, get, you get the we pass. Will have, As a we, former Bear, you get the We will pass. have the number one selection in the 2023 draft, which is going to be, you know, I think very valuable and because it, it's a... Quote unquote quarterback rich draft compared to some other years. And it's the first time, it will be the first time with the draft the way it is currently held that the Bears will ever have the number one overall pick. Correct. They lost the coin flip with the Steelers when they had a shot at it, and the Steelers went on to select Terry Bradshaw all those years ago. Yes. Before the break, though, you, you read us a quote from Brad Biggs, and, 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 and Brad's dialed in. Um, and maybe I should just. Reread it for a second here. The troubling thing is what to do. What do Coach Matt Eberflus and General Manager Ryan Pulse have to feel generally excited about when building this roster? Some believe Justin Fields is the long-awaited replacement for Sid Luckman. I don't know if they feel that way at Hallis Hall. Short sentence, but an interesting one. I don't, listen, we, we we don't have a lot of intel on on Ryan Poles and Ian Cunningham and the group that they've assembled up there. It's been less than a year. Mm-hmm. There's really not a track record there that that you can look to to give you insight into what you think they're thinking. And I think there have been several moments this year where they've they've been complimentary at times, but they've held their cards close to their vest. 
listen, they, if it, for me personally, I, 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 I'm not trading. I'm not trading Justin Fields. I'm, be, I'm, I'm trading the pick. Okay. I think there is a skill set there that you can develop. Obviously, there is improvement that has to be made. I saw a lot of good things from him at college, at the collegiate level, in terms of the passing game. It's been very difficult for him in year one with, with Matt Nagy, in year two with a group that couldn't protect him, and there wasn't a lot on the edge outside for him to work with. I just think it's unfair to come to the conclusion, well, you know what, he's going to be X or Y or Z as a passing quarterback in this league. You've taken him and put him in a difficult situation, and I just don't think that you can evaluate him or come to a long-term conclusion. Um, I, I, I trade the pick. I don't trade him. Now, I don't know how they feel. Yes. That's... But, but what they have is the flexibility. If they're not sold on, they think differently than I do, they at least have the flexibility to make a decision. Like maybe they think that C.J. Stroud is a better option. Maybe they think Will Levis is a better option. Maybe they think Bryce Young is a better option. Like, I don't. I wouldn't take that path. But they don't give a rat's ass what I think. The point I'm making is is they have the draft capital. They have the draft positioning. They have pretty much everything that they need to make the decision that they're going to make. And you said this, I think, upstairs. Like, my goodness, would that be a bold move for a number of reasons? You better be right. But here's the – well – so yes, it's difficult Would you make right the now. Decision? I mean, like well, look, this is, this we don't is, spend a lot of time watching every snap of college certainly. football. Like, are you sold on it? Either Bryce Young no. or CJ Stroud that they are better a better option NFL than, talents than what you have in Justin Fields right now. I'm because not. the reality is this is you don't they don't have to make a decision on Justin Fields just yet because he's only going to his third year. They're still going to have all next year to properly evaluate him and determine whether they want to give him a long-term deal. But but because you currently sit where you do with right. this draft position and we're all assuming that it's going to be one or two. So either way, you'll have an opportunity to select either Young or Stroud if you deem or Levis. Or Levis. I'm kind of putting him on the back burner well, just a little Mel's bit. Well, but Mel's got him as the number no, one rated quarterback. At, I don't. You're but. absolutely right, though. He's in play as well. So if you, if any of those three quarterbacks are more interesting to you as an NFL caliber QB than what Justin Fields is, or even if you've just made the determination that Justin Fields, while good, is not necessarily the franchise quarterback that others deem him to be, then this might be the move. This is your your decision-making process is going to be expedited by where your draft position is. And so these conversations, I think, have have been happening, if you're Ryan Poles and you're doing your job correctly, with Luke Getze and Matt Eberflus, is how much do we... How much have we learned from Justin Fields this year? Have we learned enough to either, A, determine he is the franchise quarterback that we can build this offense around, or, B, have we learned enough and seen enough where we're not sold... And we need to truly evaluate whether or not this draft pick Because we're the never going to be in this position again. You shouldn't be right. if you do this correctly. And even if you find yourself in this position, that you very well may not like the quarterbacks that are available to you. So should the Bears truly be, or do you think Ryan Poles is entertaining the notion of trading Justin Fields away? I think everything's on the table, but I have to believe. I don't have to, but I don't know what they believe. I, I I would not trade your current quarterback, and then what you do at that point, you buy yourself time. 
If you're Ryan Poles. If you're Ryan Poles, because now Justin's going to be in his third year, whereas if you traded him and acquired picks and you'd use one of the picks to draft the quarterback. But do you buy yourself additional time, or do you actually, though, make it hotter in the kitchen because well, you can't he, worry about no, that. No, I know, you, but like you like, can't make a decision based on how you think it's going to be perceived. No, you're right. You if, have, if you're in sitting in that office and you're like, listen, Justin did some really nice things this year, but at the end of the day, I think that Bryce Young projects as a better NFL quarterback. Then you, then that's the route you take. And we've seen it done before. The I'm Ari- just not in that camp. The Arizona Cardinals did it. They famously had jo- uh, drafted Josh Rosen in the first round of the year prior to Cliff Kingsbury coming aboard as head coach. And now, obviously, this hasn't worked out. This is not the ideal scenario. But they had a first-round quarterback on the roster. They ended up with the number one overall pick. And then they choose to draft Kyler Murray because... They thought he was a much better option. I think that, that has proven out well. There's more tangible evidence that Justin Fields has greater yes. ability and potential than Josh Rosen. Than anything they? we've seen. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, there's no doubt about that. that. I th- you know. Listen, I think I'm, there's some people that are probably listening to this conversation and there's steam coming out of the ears. Oh, my God. Look, these are all decisions that they've got to make at Hallis Hall. I told you how I feel. What would you do? I, I think Justin Fields has shown us enough. And again, I've been impressed because I didn't think he was the athlete that he's shown us on the field that he is. I, I didn't think he was a Lamar Jackson caliber runner as a quarterback. Because you'd never seen it. I'd never seen it before at Ohio State. But he has proven that when he steps onto the field, he might be the most dynamic athlete on the field. And when you're talking about at the NFL level, that's insane. That is a high caliber quality athlete well and you come with the pedigree that you came into the league with as a pocket quarterback with 41 touchdowns and three interceptions in your junior year at ohio state so you've got the resume that shows that when you are put into a an environment where throwing is a is a priority and you're protected and you have talent around him that he can excel throwing the football there's evidence of that it's not like you came into this league with very little evidence. In fact, the evidence was is that he was an excellent pocket quarterback. This is just icing on the cake because he really wasn't asked to do this. So, like, and if you if you missed it yesterday, I shared this quote from Ryan Poles before the Lions game and the pregame coverage with WBBM. He said, "quote I think uh, in regards to Justin Fields and what he needs to get better at." And this was Ryan Poles again, quote, I think just elevate his game in the passing game. The two-minute drills, end of half, obviously to start games, he's been outstanding. He's shown ability to make a ton of plays with his legs. No one questions his playmaking ability, but really growing as a passer is going to be the next step. And we can accomplish that now and obviously into the future as we continue to grow. I thought it was interesting. He did point out, right, he's been complimentary of Justin Fields, but he hasn't been afraid to also point out where he needs to get better publicly look i and i i would you know my response to that would be fair points but it's really hard to gauge what he's capable of doing when he has an offensive lineman in his lap as often as he does of course like again i'm not i'm not putting i'm not driving him to canton tomorrow like there's a long way to go yep a long way to go for him to get to be the quarterback that we all hope he's going to be but I, I just don't think that you, I find it hard that people on the other side of this conversation could say, well, I just haven't seen enough. I think it's unfair to come to that conclu- from my perspective. It's mm-hmm. unfair to come to that conclusion based on the environment that he's been in over the last 
two years. Three seasons. I completely agree with you, but I did find it interesting, too. You asked me, when's the last time he made a tight window throw? It's a, it is a and, valid. He, and, and we had the discussion, and we were thinking about it. The throw he made to um, Cole Komets that Cole ultimately, it was a tough catch because the ball was high, but he had someone in close proximity to him, is a throw that you, that you want to see more of. A throw where a guy looks like he's covered, but you put it in a spot where you let the guy make the play. Like, that's a good throw. There have been other throws. There Have there been enough of them? No. Yes. And Quite frankly. And I agree with you. My yes is, I agree with you. No, there have yeah. not been. And in the NFL, while it's fun to watch somebody like Lamar Jackson do amazing things, you also see there is, sometimes, is there a cap to, and we talked about it a lot yesterday, right? Just I guess Jalen Hurts, you know, you've seen the Eagles put together a very impressive season so far, but also now there's been a conversation the last couple weeks about Jalen Hurts, right? Because... The punishment he's subjected to as a running quarterback, sometimes it feels like there's a ceiling on what you're capable of if you're trying to plan throughout the course of a 17-game season and then into the playoffs. Listen, the, the, the difference here is you're tr- we're trying to compare him to different guys. Like, if you look at the numbers on, on Lamar Jackson, in Lamar Jackson's second year, Lamar Jackson ran for 1,206 yards, which is the current record for quarterback rushing. What was the record that... Justin fell just shy of. Dynamic as hell. That same year, he threw 36 touchdown passes and six interceptions. Yeah. So, like, there were no questions. Yes. This conversation wasn't taking place in Baltimore after year two. Wow, it's a great point because we have a lot this season gotten hung up about the running numbers that Justin Fields has been able to compile. But you're right. The passing totals have come far. They have fallen far shy. Of what Lamar Jackson was now, able to now, do that MVP now the, season. Now, by the same token, the Lamar Jackson-led Baltimore Ravens in his second year were an entirely different team. They were a more complete team. They were a good football team. He had more around him. He wasn't doing it just by himself. So he had some help in his second year. Justin did not have that luxury this season. This is true. He was basically doing everything on his own. So, like... Again, it is really hard to do an apples to apples comparison. I understand why, you know, that there are some that I need to see more. Like he's not a complete product at this point. There needs to be progress over here. That's true. I just believe that you have found a skill set that you can't duplicate. Yes. And there's enough evidence that he can do the other. Maybe he's not ever going to be Dan Marino from the pocket. But if you mold the two together, Let's just say he's a slightly above average pocket passer and he's a dynamic runner. Can you get to the top of a mountain with a guy like that? I think you can. Like he can do things that Justin Herbert can't do. Justin Herbert has shown so far that he does things that Justin can't do. But can you get to the top of the mountain with a quarterback that Mm -hmm. may not be the biggest threat in the league from the pocket? He may not be Patrick Mahomes from the pocket ever. But let's say he's, you know, you look at him and you go, wow, you know what? In the passing game, he's a top 10 quarterback. And then you add the component of his ability to be an athlete and put stress on a defense. Then I think you can get to the top of the mountain with that kind of guy. Jim is in Westchester has an interesting question. Jim, you're on ESPN 1000. Miller and for Sylvie Day. I'm Waddle and Sylvie. Thank you for taking my call, guys. So I sure. have a quick question. Uh, I don't think anybody believes uh, next year we're a Super Bowl team. So why couldn't we just draft 
one of those uh, top quarterbacks, keep them both next year, give them both workouts, and then the third year we have a real interesting trade piece that we can put out on the market. We give Justin Fields his time to uh, develop or see what he's got, and then we got this young kid sitting there and uh, learning, and then we can take a year because I don't think we're going anywhere next year either. I just don't think you have the luxury, Jim, of being able to not use that pick on another important position because you've got so many holes. Yeah, you you need blue chippers. You need yes. to accumulate blue chippers somehow, some way, and if you have deemed that Justin Fields will never reach that level, then that would be the argument to select the quarterback, but you have to then pawn or move the asset that is Justin Fields to some other team so that you can find more ways to add talent to this roster because if you if you say, okay, Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud is the guy I want to build around, you can't have – you don't want to do what you just did with Justin Fields this year. You, we all gave Ryan Poles leeway because he was trying to clean up this mess that was created by Ryan Pace, right? Yeah. But you can't do it if – you can't self-impose if you're Ryan Poles and handcuff yourself to the same situation a year later. Listen, I think we have found, too, that you can't, he- you can't renovate your house and then – Go through the demo process exactly. all over again. Right. Exactly. And, and I, I think we have found, you know, at least early on, the, the thought is, is that he marches to the beat of his own drummer. You know, like he, what you think he may do, he may not do. He drafted a a cornerback a and a safety when everyone was screaming for linemen. He stayed, you know, married yeah. to his, his, his ideals board, right? and like, his board. Yeah. I don't know what direction. They, the, again, listen, the, the luxury is, is if, in fact, they want to pivot and go in a different direction, they have the draft currency, they have the, the money, they have the capacity to do it. I don't believe that's what they're going to do. I just don't. I agree. I think that they've seen enough from him. I will say that they feel that when they get better around him, his development will speed up and then he will be that guy when they build a better football team with him and for him. It would be an extremely bold decision to go ahead and trade Justin no Fields doubt. in this offseason before the draft. Let's try Bob, who's in Bridgeview. Bob, you're on ESPN 1000. Yeah, I just have a question, a uh, couple questions. Why don't they just build their team so we can enjoy them and then get a quarterback? Because to me, Justin... It's a tough position. You know, when he drops back, then he looks at the field, and then by the time he figures out where to throw, he kind of steps forward so he knows he needs that extra space in front of him, and that never it never happens. So, why don't, like I said, why don't they just build a team? At least it's presentable, but I don't want to go another how many years figuring out do we need a quarterback. That's it. Well, I think you can do both. I mean, listen, I think, they've again, they've got the, the, the cap space and the draft picks to build this team with this quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, you can build this team. You can do both. I mean, Bob is asking, why not do one and not the other? You can do both. You've got the quarterback in place. He's shown you enough, in my opinion, that if you give him more to work with, his development will speed up and he'll be the player that you hope he's going to be. Again, I, I can't sit here and guarantee you that he's heading to Canton. Of course not. Yeah, but but I also Nor should anybody be that confident. No, but what? but but I can tell you that he's been putting arguably. Can you find a guy that's been put in a more precarious situation? situation? I mean, he's certainly one of the more precarious situations over the last couple of years. He had to learn his third offense in three years this year. He had his Ohio State yep. offense in high school or in his senior year. Then he went through the Matt Nagy experience with com- which completely slowed down the development process. Which you, both you and Sylvie 
laid out why it was a bad idea to give Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy when you no were likely going to cut ties with them if yes. they had a poor season. You should have just done it the year prior to that and let a whole new regime start building this roster going forward. But they, George McCaskey chose not to do that. And so now that is likely why Ryan Poles said, I need this entire season to get the cap straight, to clear out all these bad deals, and to try and figure out this roster going forward. Look, if I'm them up there, what I'm doing is I'm building this offensive line. I'm going to rebuild this receiving core. I'm going to rebuild the defensive front. I'm going to try and rebuild this team. And let Justin make progress and, 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 and be part of their ascension. Like, I'm not looking to replace the quarterback at this point. I'm just not. I don't think they are either, mm-hmm. um, but like I said, it, it gives them, they've got the flexibility to do what they want to do. I just don't think that that's the path they're going to take. I think they've seen enough from this kid. He's dynamic in the running game, obviously. He's got a skill set that they can't be duplicated. The passing game has not developed, but I'm not suggesting that that is solely on the shoulders of the quarterback who's been sacked more than anybody in the league, probably at a higher rate than anybody in the league, and has less around him pretty much than everybody else in the league. The Giants don't have a good receiving core Mm -hmm. uh, around Daniel Jones. I mean, there are other teams in the league that aren't really impressive on the flank, but this group is as devoid of talent in the offensive huddle as any group in the NFL. Let's go to Columbus, Ohio, and say good afternoon to, is it uh, Matez or Motez? Yeah, good afternoon. What's going on, man? Uh, my question is, I've been hearing a lot about trading the pick, trading the pick, and today's conversation has been intriguing about the potential of trading Justin Fields. Do you package either one of them, either the pick or Justin Fields, to the Detroit Lions um, for their two first-round picks and, and see what comes out of that? Within the division, yeah. We brought it up a little bit earlier, and the they right now are sitting at the sixth spot which is the Rams pick that they got for Matthew Stafford. And they also right now are currently selecting 17th. So you're talking about two first-round picks, 6 and 17. Would you trade Justin Fields in the division to a team that has been willing to trade in the division we saw with Minnesota? They've traded twice already. So what am I getting in return? 6 and 17 for Justin Fields. I'm not trading him. So that's not a move I would make. The, the number pick, one the, or number two pick for like I think six you and can, seventeen. I think you can get more. Get even more. Yeah. Which is, I mean, look, again, I'm looking to fleece somebody. All the more reason, though, that's why we today's news: the Bears are starting Nathan Peterman on Sunday, and Justin Fields will not be active for the game. There's your news of the day. Absolutely. For sure. There's, it's unquestionably the top story. But I'm glad to see. I think it's a good, sound organizational move. To when you've gotten to this point in week 17, there's not really, there's no incentive to winning this game for the Bears. I would say this as well. What, what Justin has proven in a lot of ways as well is he's a tremendous leader, smart kid, uh, has got the command of, of not just the offense, but the entire team. Um, those are intangibles that you're always looking for in your most important player, and he's displayed those. So even beyond his performance, He's got the intangibles that you're looking for from your most important player, which has to factor into your decision-making as well. I'd be more than a little bit surprised if they moved off uh, of him. Uh, You don't know what this existing staff is going to do because they didn't draft him, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, you factor that in. So if anyone thinks that this is a crazy conversation, well, I I disagree. It's not a crazy conversation because this group is a new group. They don't have ties to him. Uh, and they've got a lot of flexibility to do something 
uh, if they see fit. It's not what I would do, but I'm not sure what their direction is going to be. Let's sneak Michael and Winfield in before Waddles roll. Michael, you're on ESPN 1000. Hey, what's going on, guys? You tell us. So, I, uh, I'm a little bummed they're not giving a chance to break the record, but I totally get it. Like, it's a meaningless game. You know, if he got to, like, 40 yards and tore his knee and was out next year, it would be the worst decision ever. So I get it. I'm just a little bummed for him because, you know, all the ups and downs would have been nice for him to at least get that. But if you're going to go that route, I want to see Vellis Jones on all the kicking and all the punting receiving. I want to see the ball thrown to Chase Claypool as long as his knee's healthy and he's out there and he's not pouting like a baby. But, like, you you got to play these guys that are on the bubble. Well, uh, Claypool's not because we have him next year, but – you got to put these guys to see, okay, you got one last game, put them in game situations, what can they do? I mean, that's what it's for. I mean, you're going to get blown out anyway, so who cares if, you know, Jones fumbles again on the 10-yard line? No, I, listen, I, I agree with the, the thought that if um, it doesn't matter, the quarterback's not going to play, and, and that's the right decision. That doesn't mean I would sit Valus Jones. Valus Jones is going to play. I mean, your younger guys are going to play. They need the experience. They need the snaps and the reps as well. But I think it is like a good organizational decision that they're going to play Peterman, which locks them into either the number two pick or maybe even the number one pick. Organizationally, it is an easy decision for me to make. 312-332-3776. Do you think Ryan Poles will be bold enough to consider trading Justin Fields this offseason if they end up with the number one or number two overall pick? in light of Justin Fields being set for Sunday's season finale. I'm Jeff Meller in for Sylvie and Waddle and Sylvie. Waddle's World up next. It's that time again when we venture deep into the great unknown. And in Chicago, Tom Waddle. He can't run, he's not fast, but he gets open. A trip inside the mind of a multi-concussed former Bears wide receiver. He caught everything that was thrown and took every hit that they could give him, and he had an all-time day in the use of smelling salt. Buckle up, boys and girls. Tom Waddle, everything wants to have a Tom Waddle. If I had a football team, I'd like to have a Tom Waddle on my team because you draw from that. It's time to go inside. Waddle's World. Tom Waddle did have to use a lot of smelling salt. Oh, yes. Waddle's World brought to you by our great friends and partners at Wintrust Community Banks. They are Chicago's banks. Find your nearest Wintrust Community Bank. Visit Wintrust.com slash finest member FDIC. Didn't think when we came in today that we were going to have a conversation about whether or not Ryan Poles would consider would consider trading his quarterback if given the right deal. I think it, it stems. I think it's an important conversation to have because we don't know exactly how they feel. Yes, if we know how we feel. I'm not trading him. I yes. would look to get better around him before I would come to the conclusion that he's not your answer. What you know? What's the not the answer? That offensive line and that group of receivers you've put around him. Completely agree. A couple of great football minds thinking the same thing here. But I want to ask the question because when you start looking, you parse through some of the stuff again. Brad Biggs with the line yes. in his article in the Tribune the other day, he's not sure if they're sold, not sold, but he's not sure if they believe that Justin Fields is not necessarily the next Sid Luckman up at Hallis Hall. Or if you, we just played, you know, Matt Eberflus laying out Justin Fields as a passer where he needs to get better. I read you the Ryan Poles quote with the Bears flagship station that during the pregame on Sunday where he needs to get better. They're well, leaving, that's, and that's obvious as well. I mean, exactly. just look at the numbers and look at it. It's not all his fault. Don't get me wrong. Of course, but you and know, it's a logical conclusion to come to, right? But 
with the news today that they're going to make him inactive on Sunday because of the hip injury. And again, that's a good spot for the organization. Good decision organizationally makes, you know, it sets them up for success in the future. So I'm glad they're doing it. But it also leads to the question, if you end up picking one or two, this is, of course, your opportunity to draft a quarterback. He's he's not their guy either. And by that, I don't mean they don't like him. It's they didn't draft him. So it's a conversation worth having. Yeah, I agree with you. I think if you just poo-poo it, it's, you know, you're just putting your head in the sand because we don't know how they feel 100%. And we know how we feel, but you don't know how they feel. We haven't, like, and it's, if somebody had asked the Chiefs during Patrick Mahomes' second season, is Patrick Mahomes a franchise quarterback? I think we would have gotten the answer. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Right. And we haven't gotten that type of, you know, reinforcement from the Bears. That's all. From the decision makers about Justin Fields. We're also going to, uh, I think, go through the grading process yeah, before I want you the to day grade. is out on a number of other issues as well. Because the season's kind of... Yeah. We've, we've well, played no s- disrespect meant to the guys that are going to go out there and play on Sunday against the Vikings. For our purposes, I think we can come to conclusions about quote-unquote grades before that game is completed. I'll be honest. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch Sunday's game with the Bears and Vikings. As will I. I'm going to DVR it. Because I know I'm going to have to go back and watch it because I'm not going to be watching it as closely as I normally do. I'll be watching the rest of the league a little bit more intently. I I think Cap and Jay Hood had a really good conversation this morning as well. And it circled around more, centered more around uh, like Sean Payton, I believe, and his availability and whether or not you'd be interested in. But I think for me, it's kind of like the conversation is how do you feel about the coach? Do you know what I'm saying? Matt Eberflus. Like, yes. Sure. Like, I've heard people say he's done a good job. I've heard people say not so nice things. Um, well, I listen, think it's an interesting conversation to have as well wh- later. While Ryan Poles was walking around with a sledgehammer knocking down all the walls, Matt Eberflus was the one who had to come back with the garbage can and collect Correct. all the yes. debris. And now he's the one who has, it's hard to grade him. Yes. And on that front, like I said to you... Look, if, if you come to the conclusion as an individual that this is one of the worst rosters in all of the NFL, then you're also, you have to come to the conclusion that that coach has been put behind the eight ball. He's been saddled with one of the worst rosters in the National Football League as yes. well. Mm-hmm. So it's not as easy to make adjustments when you don't have a lot of talent. And in fact, I think that they've done a pretty good job for the most part with certain things, halftime adjustments effort from a an outman's team um not saying it's all perfect not saying that he should be a coach of the year candidate but i don't think you can come to a a a, i can't i'll say i can't come to a conclusion about who he is just yet until i see him with his hands on a much more talented team yeah like when you tear things down to the studs it's hard to look at that coach and say make chicken salad out of you know what Absolutely, And there were moments where I think that this team did play hard and the effort was there. I, As I also said yesterday, I think Sunday in Detroit was one of the first times I've seen this team collectively let go of the, the rope. But um, I just don't think you – I don't know how you can – I can't. I don't know how I can. And I can't come to a long-term conclusion about a lot of things Bears-related because of the situation that they're in. Yes. I agree. I, I think agree. it's sort of – is similar to Fields. Like, you cannot have the full evaluation of Fields until he has pieces around him, and you can't have the full evaluation of Eberflus until right. he has a competent roster with him, too. 
But the, no question. The only and and I think we all agree on that. The one thing is though, going forward, Matt Eberflus will always have this three and thirteen and I assume three and fourteen record on his resume. True. It, and it's one of those things where right now, early on in his career, his coaching career, everybody's gonna give him that pass. But next year, a lot of focus will be on the record. No doubt. And in two years from now, it will really be magnified. And that's where it will be difficult because once we'll have a little bit of distance from that record, people will always kind of point to, ah, they were three. And they'll kind they'll tend to forget yeah. a little bit because that's that just we the nature. Rebuild ah, three and 14, even yeah. though Eberflus, again, a lot of it was out of his control. No, I'm with you 100%. Look, I've been very reluctant to get all gassed up and, and, and emotional about anything I've seen this year. I just, I'm, I, because I knew coming in that this was a full rebuild. So when I watched what I watched on Sunday against Detroit, it wasn't pleasant. It was bad on a number of fronts. But I still found myself at the end of the day, found it very difficult to get all disturbed by it yeah. because of the overall perspective here. Look, Matt Nagy went to the postseason twice, was coach of the year in his rookie year. Mm hmm. And at the end of four years, we were all universally tired and done with it. You know what I was thinking about the other day is their Matt Nagy's second playoff appearance for me as a Bears fan that season was more frustrating and disappointing than this year has been because of the way you came into it. Expectations, right? They went into that game against the Saints, yeah. and I never gave them a chance no. now. And actually, like it was closer than it probably should have been. And you know, but I think that had more to do with the Saints than it did the Bears. And the fact but. that it was the COVID season and they expanded yeah. the playoffs, and no one thought of the Bears as a truly viable playoff team that year. Uh, other quarterback news uh, around the league: Dolphins uh, quarterback Skylar Thompson is mm-hmm. getting first team reps. I don't think two is going to be available for this game either. Nope. And Teddy Bridgewater obviously injured his hand. Broke a finger, I think, right? The Commanders are going to start rookie Sam Howell against the Cowboys in the finale. They are. Did you see? I believe they also signed a former Bear quarterback. Uh-oh, I did right? not see that. Mike Glennon? Mike Glennon was signed, right. Or maybe was that by the Dolphins, I think. the Dolphins, right? That's right, the Dolphins. Dolphins, yeah. For it to be Skylar Thompson's backup. I still am puzzled by their decision, the Commanders, that they went from Taylor Heineke to Carson Wentz. Wasn't like Taylor Heineke had a bad game the week before. I get it. But Carson Wentz, did they think that Carson Wentz, did Ron think that Carson Wentz was going to step in and give them a big boost? Was I that, guess so. Was that Ron's decision or I don't know right now. It was a, it, the commanders clearly have had issues with their ownership all season long. Daniel Snyder, whether or not it's actually they're looking into truly selling the team, I don't know. The league seems to want him out. And so Ron Rivera has had a very tough path to navigate this season. But, yes, it was a curious choice to go from Taylor Heineke because he had one or two bad games of turning the ball over and then decide, okay, we're going to turn it over to Carson Wentz, who is a turnover machine. Right. You know, that is his MO. Yeah. Uh, The Jets won't give up on quarterback Zach Wilson after only two seasons, according to coach Robert Sala who insisted uh, today the organization will do everything through hell or high water to maximize his potential. Good luck I would with say that. We'll you could see. Be that. I'll, I'll take our situation, yes. and the Jets are a more complete team at the moment, but certainly on the quarterback front, our situation is better than theirs. Uh, 
I do believe that they, they feel in Cincinnati that there are some good signs of improvement for Bill's safety, uh, DeMar Hamlin. Uh, Bill's uh, said Wednesday in a statement today in a statement that Hamlin is expected to remain under intensive care as his health care team continues to monitor and treat him. Jordan Rooney is a friend and business partner of Hamlin's, told ESPN's Coley Harvey uh, that Hamlin was still sedated at this time less than two days after he went into cardiac arrest on the field during their game against the Bengals. Uh, Rooney told Harvey that doctors saw promising readings overnight from Hamlin that they had hoped to see by Wednesday morning, which is all good stuff. Um, His agent, Hamlin's agent, Ron Butler, told ESPN's Jeremy Fowler uh, yesterday, last night, that Hamlin's oxygen levels had improved. So uh, it, it looks like we haven't heard anything, I think, recently, right? I mean, this is from this report is from 9 o'clock this morning. Mm-hmm. But uh, early signs are is that there have been some improvement, which yes. is uh, very promising and very hopeful. Yes, yes. Hoping, absolutely hoping and praying for the best for yeah. DeMar Hamlin. I do know that NFL executive Jeff Miller. Said, Not Jeff Miller. Correct. Jeff uh, Miller. He said that discussions about what to do with the Bills-Bengals game are still ongoing. He knows they have to make a decision on it quote, in the coming days, but uh, they are still focused on the health of DeMar Hamlin. I would be surprised, honestly, if they resume that game. I yes, think that I would game, too. I don't know how they're going to come to whatever conclusion they come to. And but if, if you just lay it out, like, logistically with, like, do they really, does the league really want to completely push back the start of the playoffs an entire week? Think about the you know the problems that they have to go I think through. For the decision that. they're going to have to make is what is, and this is a, a broad statement. What is most fair to the most number of teams, and that's that decision. I don't know what it is. Well, and think about it. In order, the, the idea of resuming the Bills Bengals game to figure out who ha- who gets potentially the number one seed, it's it, because of the short time frame they're working with. They're, they would essentially be creating a bye week for the other 30 teams or right. the other 14 teams, 15 teams participating in the playoffs in order to find out if the Bills or Bengals would get a bye. Yes. It seems like a lot to go through, so I'd be surprised at this point. Uh, and more good news for you before we take a break. Uh, Hub Arkish was back up at Hallis Hall today for the first time since he had his medical issue. Uh, Matt Eberflus is a picture. Matt Eberflus giving Hub uh, a hug before the press conference today. Love seeing you, man. Eberflu said, I've been praying for you. I know a lot of people have, and that is true. Uh, Hub had a very serious medical issue several months back uh, while at Hallis Hall. So to see Hub back at work today, I think for everybody that's up there, was very inspiring. That is great news. Yeah. I have. I know you've worked with Hub on yep. Pro Football Weekly, the television show, for many years. I have learned a lot about football reading Hub yep. um, publishing Pro Football Weekly for many, many years. So very good news to hear that. Yep. Great news up at Hallis Hall for uh, for Hub Arkish and his family as well. All right, when we come back, uh, we will do a little something we like to call Florida or Ohio. That's next. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Waddle and Sylvie. Listen now in HD on our app and on ESPN 1000. Get ready to play the game that's sweeping the nation. Public drunkenness. Exotic animals. Dumb criminals. Random stabbings. 
or maybe just some good old-fashioned debauchery. Ah. Everything's on the table. It's the Sunshine State versus the Buckeye State as we play Florida or Ohio. And as always, listeners, feel free to play along at home. Florida or Ohio is brought to you by 19 Crimes Wine. 19 Crimes Wine tells the story of rule breakers who beat the odds and became infamous. Pick up a bottle today and live infamously on your own terms. Sell it, Snoopaki. Yeah. Burglars call 911 to get help moving stuff. Okay. Say that again. Burglars call 911 to get help moving stuff. Two people were arrested after one of them made a 911 call to get help with moving their belongings from a home that they were burglarizing, authorities said. Deputies responded to a home on Saturday after a 911 call was made. Time out. So the the burglars called 911 for help looting a home. Correct. Wow. This is asinine. Well, I mean, most crimes know, are having like, an asinine quality to them. Well, but who decides? Like nine one one? That's where you're, like not like not not. I got an guys, emergency not, here. I'm trying to steal not, a sofa that I need help bringing down the stairs. Not two guys in a truck, but uh, let's right. call nine one one to see if we can get. Uh, that's dumber than dumb. Yes. All right. Moving on. Go ahead. Uh, the deputies responded to a home on Saturday after the call was made, but nobody spoke. At the home, the deputies concluded that nobody lived there, but they found a male suspect and his girlfriend inside the home after entering it through an unlocked door. Deputies had been searching for a male suspect after identifying him from security video as a burglar at a a Dollar General store where several items were stolen earlier in the day. Uh, So did this take place in Florida or Ohio? I I can't. That's not. that's That's Florida dumb, isn't it? Like, that's. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going. Was I, I was. I'm. I guess I'm thinking that like this is some sort of couple in in Tampa, you know, like that. Maybe one of them fell off the back of a truck and hit their head, and then thought the other one was smart, and the other one wasn't smart, and. Yeah, this isn't like panhandle stuff. This is like Tampa. Yeah, interesting. I'm gonna, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure some are thinking that's that's Ohio dumb, but I'm going Tampa, don't, Florida dumb. Don't hate me, but I'm gonna go with uh, Dayton, Ohio. Oh, it took place in Poinciana, Florida. Yeah, come on, let's be All honest right. here. All you right. know, Buckeye State didn't like that. That's not what we do. By the way, real quick, this story yeah. that came across the uh, the old Florida or, or not the Florida, Ohio, but the Waddles World desk. Yes. Former Colorado funeral homeowner sentenced to 20 years for selling body parts. <laughs> Everything's a money-making opportunity. A former, Colorado, a former Colorado funeral homeowner was sentenced to 20 years in federal prison on Tuesday for defrauding relatives of the dead by dissecting 560 corpses and selling body parts without permission. That is heinous. That's just so wrong. There is a warm spot in hell for people who do stuff like that. Yes. Um, you know what? I, we've got a guy who's from Colorado waiting on the line. We'll see if Bill knew this oh, woman. He or says he's, he's sick yeah, he's, of he, stuff. He wants, he wants to weigh in on uh, yeah. Justin Fields' talk. But um, we'll ask him if he has any knowledge of this uh, funeral yeah. home. Well, the funeral home is Sunset Mesa. So that's the name of the funeral home. Right. So if Bill has Bill, any we're knowledge. we're going to check in with you, yeah. and we're going to check in with the other people on the line who want to discuss whether or not Ryan Poles might be entertaining the idea of trading Justin Fields if they end up selecting first or second overall. We'll talk about that next here on ESPN 1000.